Hey guys, welcome to Gino's Golden Tea Podcast. I am the Alpha, Chris Long Gino, off the heels of an incredible Wisconsin Open. Um, probably one of the more memorable one of the more memorable ones we'll ever talk about. And uh, there was certainly a lot to talk about. And uh, obviously, with my tournament recap, we always bring I always bring in Brian Bernhardt and. Matthew Van Hoosier, and uh, we just kind of recap the tournament a little bit uh, and uh, go over our fantasy stuff just a little bit as well and uh, just talk golden tea, you know, do what we do best. So um, great stuff from this Wisconsin Open, um, from the announcing to Bryce to win number three for Clint, uh, just what a great year. And uh, I will testify next year. I, w- I will be there. There is very little doubt that I will be there. I, I have not been to a Wisconsin Open yet, and I want to make sure I make it to one. So uh, hopefully next year. And uh, But that being said, they had a great one this year. And um, it was awesome. So uh, here's the podcast, Matt and Brian. All right, taping this just 24 hours, a little bit more than 24 hours after uh, what was a pretty emotional ride watching the Wisconsin Open and here to gush about all things double wind, the inaugural Players Charity Champion, Brian Bernhardt. And he said his last podcast on this phone. So this is Matt Van Hoosier, president of the National Golden Detour. What's going on, man? Uh, Guys, good evening, Gino. Doing great. Not having to recover today like a lot of folks. That's not so bad. Um, this is uh, one of those th- times where I'm sitting there watching a lot of this last night. And, of course, I'm wishing I was there. Oh, so yeah. you were just a spectator then, right? Yeah, yes. Just, just a sole <laughs> spectator. And that and that, that monologue alone is the best reason why I wasn't there. All right. <laughs> it, it, it was so wonderfully natural and so very... Very, very Jason that it was uh, a great moment. So um, I guess we need to explain this uh, a little bit. Uh, Jason Loschiava, Adam Fitzgerald uh, calling uh, the Wisconsin Open last night in uh, the finals. And there was an issue. Um, now, Jason, it's opened it up by saying every time I see uh, CJ, he's always got issue with the track ball. Yep. And then this is probably one of those moments where I could find a, I need to find a way to play this YouTube video right now, you know, because I think Chisholm like dubbed it up to where only the whatever handful of minutes he was doing that was, but it was uh it was pretty great. Oh, he nailed it! <laughs> he just he nailed it. It was great. <laughs> and then he had Adam in on the on the trying to do his best Clint impression. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a good back and forth for those two guys. Um. I had, uh, but yeah, I guess I apparently come to find out that uh, there was an issue, I guess. Like there was actually something uh, on the trackball. Brian, what do you got? Oh, let's see if I can get a play in here for, for those that are wondering, uh, you know, what, what we're talking about here. One of these days, I'll explore this. I will drink it. He can give me a nice room temperature, more light, and I will drink that before I drink that first light. Here we go again, CJ's track ball issues. CJ has done that in every match I've ever played with him, ever. 
he finds a speck on the trackball and it shuts him down. You see that speck? Click. You see that speck? You see that speck I'm trying to play with? I, I gotta click this speck. He's this the speck right here. This is, you see the speck right there? I'm, I'm wiping it with my shirt. Clint's like, I don't. Wait, I'm talking. I'm gonna close. Clint, look at the speck I'm wiping off of my shirt. Clint's going off here. Clay, I, you expect me to play a gold team match in the finals of Maine with a speck? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, Clay? There's a speck right there. There's, there's a okay. Oh, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I could I could listen to that for a half an hour straight. Oh my every goodness. day for the next two months and not get tired of it. <laughs> So, I mean, I think I know we have a segment later on, but I'm just going to go out on a, on a limb and say, uh, Jason Leskiavo, you won the tournament. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, but I guess come to find out, like I said, there are, I mean, people walked up and there was there was an issue. There was, uh, I guess, something. Uh... Was picking something up, I guess, off the bottom housing, maybe. I don't know. But they I... played it off and they'd roll it and more would come back. And. <laughs> And sometimes, I mean, from personal experience, when you try to wipe off the trackball, like, yeah, you get some of that black flaky stuff on there, but sometimes it's just, it's hard to get off. Like you, yeah. even Windex doesn't get it off, you know, it's just for whatever reason, it gets stained somehow. So it's interesting that Jason went over there to kind of uh, check out the evidence, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and come to find out that, yeah, there was, and, and little things can be very distracting for, for several guys out there. Yeah, yeah you, couldn't, you certainly couldn't see it on the, I mean, they zoomed way in on it uh, on the YouTube feed there. Uh, as well as they could with the camera. Andy did a pretty good job of trying to show you what they were doing somewhat comically, but you could also at least see what was going on. But you, you couldn't see it from, from that angle. But yeah, like I said, there's uh, several folks that went up there afterwards and confirmed the specs <laughs> um, <laughs> on, that, two, on that trackball. Yeah, two things to that. Uh, one, first, I, I think CJ could will attest to this that he can be a little OCD from time to time. I think I think I had that conversation with him a little bit before uh, before Vegas, and uh, when he was starting to do that, I'm like, I think that's just you know him his mind you know doing that to him. But I mean, he it, there was no advantage to real game when he first mentioned it. It was he was three strokes in a, up in a match at the time, right. Um, and I realized, like, I, I think it's just kind of in his, it might be in his head. I don't know. They go on to play, play, and Clint's doing fine. You can see CJ starting to struggle a little bit, but towards the end of that second match, I can now see Clint messing with it. And Clint was starting yes. to really work on the ball a little bit. Going, okay, there's all right, there's something here now. Yeah. Um, Matt. What's the proper ruling right there? Like, if there's a trackball issue, is it both players among have to be agreement to change it? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, if, the, if either player has an issue with the equipment, they can bring it to the attention of Russ and those guys, uh, and they'll come in for, you know, to figure out what's going on, come in for a ruling. Uh, often what will happen is, uh, you know, I don't think I've ever seen a situation necessarily, and there probably has been one, I just haven't seen it, but I don't think I've seen one where one player adamantly wants to switch out of trackball and another one adamantly doesn't although i suppose it's probably happened like i said mm -hmm. usually one person kind of and, and, and let's be fair switching out of trackball there it's not like the, the one you're going to get is better instantly or you know you're what's gonna going get on. A, you're going to get, get a brand new trackball you're going to get something else right you'll get something that's different but you haven't played any games on it you haven't done anything you're not going to have time 
to go it's not like oh we want to switch it out and we want to go hit 12 shots before we start playing real again it's like once you put that thing in there you're hitting your next shot and you have no clue what that thing's going to do so it's not like any player really 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 wants to switch out a trackball unless they know something's completely wrong but yeah if you know if the players agree to switch one out they'll do that um yeah. but if you get that new one in there it's kind of a crapshoot, honestly and I've, I've been a part of a machine or two where we have done that right where the kind of agreed amongst ourselves and a qualifier or whatever was, Hey, this is not right. We don't want to continue with it and we'll take what we're going to get. And it's, yeah, that first, that <laughs> first shot out of the box is a little nerve wracking for sure. Well then, I mean, and our man or my match against uh, Justin Wilson, we were supposed to play the, the two stream machines were one and three machine three had a really grindy trackball, and it just, you could just tell, like we tried doing our magic with it and trying to find out a way to, to, to get rid of whatever dust was inside there and it just sounded bad and we were going to have Russ change the trackball and Russ was like I'll do it but you're going to have a brand new trackball and we all know what brand new trackballs are like they're just a little bit slippery um, machine one was open and I went up to Steve I'm like hey Steve do you can we just play machine one and that's the one with the spec I didn't even notice it um, but then uh, Aiden and Brewer played on machine three and they were okay with that grindy trackball um, but all the rest of the matches we're playing on machine one. So I see what happened here then. Three had an issue. You guys switched to one and, and contagious, you know, trackball contagions there. You went and got number one infected. Maybe. How, how, what world have we been living in for two years, Brian, where you didn't know better? Actually, we're going to put the blame on Aiden because Aiden's the one that actually played the full game on it with Brewers. And then he went over to machine one after that. <laughs> okay. So. Okay. I see. <laughs> we'll do some contract tracing on you guys' matches from yesterday. I suppose. <laughs> Um, now because, uh, Brian Bernhardt didn't get in until Saturday morning, um, don't really know what happened Thursday and Friday night. You know, I don't, I didn't see any closest to the pin results. Remember, this is the first tournament without the new money shot or without money shot tournament. This is now just a closest to the pin money game kind of Thursday night. I, I did uh, hear we, that a, a lot of people enjoyed it knowing that there was no money shot, that it was twice as much money to get in close to the pin. It didn't end really late. And, uh, you know, they were able to play their close to the pin tournament. And, you know, like I said, not be there till the wee hours of the morning. Do we have a read on how many times Chris Brewer asked if there's going to be a money shot? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris. No, he's... Of all the people that don't listen to this podcast, Chris Brewer is definitely in that group. There's no way. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but but then I do know on on Friday night they had 82 players for the doubles. Oh, so I, awesome! Yeah, I was surprised. I asked Steve about that, and he said 82, and I'm like okay. So look, see the trend that you're seeing now. I guess compared to what used to be on tour. Now, quick story time, real quick. If anybody's not heard this story before on this podcast, the handicap tournament when they first wanted to do this was originally these guys putting up the $25 and they would actually pay out cash. They The first time they did that, I think they, Florida might have been it. Uh, they would pay out cash, and the guy that won the handicap tournament, finished first place, was, I think, five dollars $600 richer. And that was, great, again. <laughs> that, was, that was a great thing, but here's the problem. Didn't see him Saturday or Sunday. And an adventure like this, the goal is to keep you there and to keep you there for the weekend. That is what benefits everybody, all parties involved for people investing in us being in that bar that weekend. Uh, so it had to become then a satellite. 
uh, a satellite. Uh, basically, for every four entries into that handicap, one of them will get their entry into the main tournament. So that's why uh, Friday nights are, you know, like I said, one, one person for every four entries that you see. They'll they'll get their entry into the tournament. I've always found, uh, I don't know, you guys remember the old days. I think it's it used to be almost find your own doubles partner uh, and uh, we'll have a doubles tournament. And yeah, you uh, better pick your own partner. That was you know, quite a while ago now, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, uh, that's how we did Friday nights. Me, I think the handicap experience, especially for players in between handicaps 16 to 25, or they find it really enjoyable. Yeah, uh, they're more enjoyable if they get a free entry into the tournament. Mm-hmm. And so, but also you're seeing this 78. You said, well, how many? You said 82. 82. Okay. 41 teams. Uh, um, wait, uh, you said 82 and handicap, though. You said 80, okay, 82 and uh, handicap. All right. Oh, my bad. Um, and then you're seeing 30 more come in Saturday morning. It used to be about the even number. It used to be an even number, just about like, I mean, the clash, I think we had like 88 handicap entries and then 112 uh, paid entries. Um, so you're starting to see more guys like Brian Bernhardt and do the old money scoop and come in Saturday morning and don't hang around all that long and get out of there by Sunday with all his profits. Well, you, you know, in, in my defense, Gino, um, everybody told me to get a real job. So I got that real job and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, you know, I can only take so much time off work with the real job. So, so yeah, I, actually it's funny. I drive, I got up at five 30, left around six 20 and, uh, made a stop or two and cruising along and i got a text message from steve sobel at 10 50 where are you where yet <laughs> it's like i'll be there in 10 minutes well then i get a phone call from andy fox hey you want us to pay for you, you gotta be here at 11 oh sure <laughs> i'm walking in the door right when the calcutta starts that worked out pretty good um i'm excited to see how some of these fantasy golf uh numbers come out and uh i guess we'll uh when do you start? Uh, do, you, do you grade those papers or does Steve do it, uh, Matt? Steve's got the papers, so he'll do it. But I got to send him a correct. I had an error in the one from Worlds that I fixed for Worlds, but I didn't send him the fixed clean one. So I got to do that yet tonight, too. Okay. So um, I'm excited to see how some of that shakes out because uh, there were some pretty broad finishes in that uh, group number one. And uh, and so we'll get to that part here in a minute. And I guess that will just lead us into uh, – our tournament who uh our normal tournament segment who won this tournament who won this tournament i think matthew van hoosier had the finger up and i think he'll start us off tonight if he's all right with it so to be very specific here i I heard there was a tournament wisconsin this weekend so i i I turned on the the tv especially there uh sunday to watch some of the action and uh all i gotta say is go cyclones go cyclones (laughs) you won the wisconsin tournament right no, I'm just kidding. It wasn't the NCAA tournament, even though that was happening in Milwaukee, not too far away. Go Cyclones. Good job. Way to make it Sweet 16. First time since 2016. Actually, ooh. Um, I, 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 I'm going to go with the first one first, because the last time that he uh, he won a tournament, Clint Grover won, right? The last time he won a tournament, we, we barely even mentioned him on who won the tournament. And I feel really bad for that. Uh, so the first person I'm going to mention is the obvious one, Clint Grover. Didn't... Um, you know, had to go through, he shows up in the first round and plays Paul Luna, right? I mean, 
that's not how you want to start your day. And he didn't feel like he qualified super poorly, but um, yeah, you're going to start your day with Paul Luna beats him. And then, you know, the dominoes kind of falls away a little bit and then gets to fight through the, the, the whole, uh, the ball inspection fiasco um, and hold this stuff together for that. So tighten up. Good job, Clint Grover. You won the tournament uh, full out, not to mention the doubles tournament as well with uh, somebody who's going to get mentioned real fast here, I assume. Uh, so congratulations, Clint, Clint, you won the tournament. Yeah, tighten up, Clint. Way to go. Well, um, let's talk about Clint for a second, because, I mean, now this is uh, this is number th- three for old Chetty Grover. And uh, this is uh, now puts him right in that historical conversation of what you might mention as a great player with, you know, without a world championship. Um, and maybe the best player without the world championship. I mean, who knows? It's, it's he's right up there, but uh, now two out of his last, uh, I guess, four tournaments won, if you want to cl- uh, count the top gun player of the year. Um, the draw for him this time around, like I said, you open up with Paul Luna and then uh, ended up, uh, I mean, going on the way to play Chris Brewer. There was tough matches for him. And then uh, a mm-hmm. CJ Wengler that was really, uh, prepared to play the, uh, yesterday. And so um, one thing I need to add about that match with Paul Luna, cause I'm not sure um, for those that weren't watching the stream or, or just look at the scores and two, they tied um, Clint hold out hole one. And I'm not sure if he lost one later on or not, but they tied. Mm-hmm. And then in sudden death, they both hold out one. Then Clint <laughs> hold out three to win in Look, sudden death. So, or something. so that's how he moved past Paul Luna in the first round. I mean, just, um, amazing shot making skills for, for Clint, especially with that double wind and, um, but uh, defeating the odds, you know, just kind of knowing that he's at a slight disadvantage and still playing great golden tee. I, I agree with you 100%, Gino, as maybe one of the best players to not win a world championship. That's about where you can find his, uh, conversation now. It's, uh, a good kickoff to the year takes care of obviously top gun, which is not going to be a problem for him at all but all, all of a sudden just puts you in that conversation to have a top five seed, which uh, could come and matter. A lot, lot, lot accomplished for Clint yesterday. Um, so good for him. Burns, you want to take Bryce or you want me to take him? I mean, it's, it's coming up. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you have him. I'm going to go with a guy that uh, doesn't go to a whole lot of tournaments. Um, I got to know him a little bit better in Austin 2019. We qualified together and uh, – he was really nervous, uh, you know, and I t- talked to him a lot about what I do to, to battle my anxiety during these tournaments and um, chewing gum was one of those things, you know, and so I was offering him gum throughout the qualifier and he's, he, he ended up making the cut. Uh, you know, I didn't, uh, hasn't been to too many tournaments. Um, I had a visit from uh, Chris Brewer uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, funny how they had to play each other uh, in the fifth, sixth match. And uh, Aiden Cleary, um, I think it's his first podium of getting third place. Uh, great shooting. He was in the zone. He showed me earlier on on Sunday. He was actually listening to videos of his kids to help calm his nerves throughout the day. So I think if you watch the stream later on, you, he was doing a little bit more jamming. So I don't think he was doing that. Uh, we don't talk about Bruno, which was part of his playlist early on in the day. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, Aiden Cleary, uh, great shooting. You won the tournament. You know, I, I sat, he was at my, uh, is in my, I guess, block of people at dinner when we were, uh, I was having dinner in Vegas and Aiden was with us. 
and uh he had turned this book on to kevin and um it's uh it's it's about golf it's about outdoor golf and basically how to basically forget out forget block out all the bad shit and you know channeling energy and things like that and so both of them have been reading that um aiden uh one i guess i northern virginia area mid mid atlantic that that populace of people that attended the niv forever he's one of those guys uh and i remember after playing with him several times and uh seeing uh, he was in florida with us and i told him it's time for him to get out of the kiddie pool and come play a world championship and that year he went and came and qualified uh and i told him it's time because he's ready and um he got, i guess a lot of that pro, uh, was proven uh Sunday, uh, was it a third, no, fourth place finish, right? Uh, yeah. No, third, no, it was third. Third, third yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was third. All right. Uh, and uh, just a great player, good guy, all that jive. So congrats, Aiden. Bryce Albert, um, first off, going into this tournament, you guys know a lot about Bryce going in? <laughs> just as much as you, buddy. Just as yeah. much as me. Um, I, I guess there was some uh, local knowledge, uh, to use the the popular sports term. He comes from the Mark Gomez coaching tree, yeah. And um, I don't know, he a fifteen year old kid that uh, made his way through the purple bracket. He was, I think, the seventy six qualifier. If anybody watched him play, everything was very quick. He he looked like he's been touching a track ball forever. For somebody that apparently has less than 500 games played, lifetime, right? Uh, and he did it all the way into uh, a finals match against a guy that you know we all know sitting on this podcast right now has no business ever being in a purple bracket. No, but he was there, and uh, being Will, who was just, I mean, wanting wanting to make sure the kid had just the most awesome experience, not just you know in the match but at the tournament and just you know understand what was at stake and hey we're a community we're going to be excited for you too um bryce will now go on and he will um when we get to the world championship he uh will then own the record for the youngest player ever to have won a uh, play in a world championship and and gino who, who what who is that person that is currently holding the Youngest uh, to ever play in a world championship. At 20 years and 10 months, I was the youngest. Uh, Is that where the alpha comes from? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, not quite. But uh, the, but it was cool. That was one thing that popped up because I've always, for 18 years now, I mean, 2004 uh, was when, when it happened. And, uh, you know, I, I've kind of always jokingly held that distinction. And I was working in a pizza restaurant. That's how I learned how to play Golden Tee. This kid, I've got no clue how do you do this at 15. All right. No, do you have a home edition? He can't even work yet. <laughs> I, I got the impression he goes up to the lounge uh, and plays some because you can get in there without, you know, it's not in a bar, right? So you can go there. Yeah, I imagine that was, so. That's the impression I got, but. Yeah, and, you know, uh, you're playing with Gomez, who's not going to drink a lot as it is. Uh, yeah, great you know, great that, teacher. The, yeah, so I'll, I'll be excited. He's on the, and like I said, if anybody listens to this, by this point, I had this out. I will probably, if not, I had done it already. Bryce, Bryce will be on the podcast this week. We've already been talking this morning and uh, we'll talk to him, but just uh, 
This is Brian. This is why you shouldn't have left Sunday night. You should have stayed around and watched this. All right. That's well, the, the, the thing is, Gino, is I I might not have been there, but I was listening to everything happen. And I, I was able, I actually, when I was filling up with the gas, I, I watched the end of that match. So I was able to kind of see it all unfold. You know, just it actually brought back memories for me personally. Um, not that I was that young, but when I won my first tournament, you know, the PCC having my parents right behind me, hugging my mom, hugging my dad, you know, and just, you know, all the emotion. And so, so many people are so happy for him. And, pr- and if he's 15. Like he has no idea what he just did. Mm-hmm. Like, there's guys that have been playing this game for several years that would do anything to win a purple bracket. And this kid just went through a field, like no other, not a worry in the world. And, and I got the chance to have a few conversations with them over the short weekend I was there. And just a, a good kid, you know, r- really smart and bright and uh, just happy to be there. It was, it was, it couldn't happen to a better person. Well, and, and to back your point there. So the other, the other people on the podium there for the purple bracket, Will Sandstead, John Jansa, Chuck Spicer. If I've got <laughs> nothing, hang on a second. So the average age of these guys that I maybe give her plus or minus one, 54 years. All right. <laughs> And between and between the three of them, if I had to guess, I would say they probably have a combined sixty or seventy years worth of Golden Sea experience. Kids fifteen and just rolled straight through that. Five hundred I mean, games with five hundred games, and you know, and I for those who are watching, you weren't watching, I guess, Brian, but from from the limited amount of shots that I did see, the biggest hole in his game right now is putting. I mean, if that kid gets a sure putter on him he ain't going to be I missing those, I, I i did see some of that though um i think that's nerves i, I think I that some of that yeah some of that for sure and especially like that, that last one on pine right it's like that's a kick in and he rushed it right a little bit he's kind of mm-hmm. you know hurry before i mess this up and then he messed it up a little yeah. bit it didn't uh come back to, to change the result at all but but yeah but, but, but i think the actual the a good point matt with the putting being one of the struggles and that's a struggle for all of us until you keep playing more games. So when he gets to a thousand and fifteen hundred games, and he and he has those shots when he's 50, 60 feet away, those putts become a lot more natural than they are for him right now. So I think with experience, those that that putting will just kind of come hand in hand with it. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, that's great. I, I mean, I, I I would like to see him. I mean, right now he's in high school. All right. I, I, I can't tell him to say, hey, go get a job so you can pay for more games of Golden Tee and, you know, do that. <laughs> um, but I, my, my encouragement to him is just just make sure it's uh, a Golden Tee life is sustainable for you before you start, you know, really investing your time into it. Um, yeah, I agree 100 percent. And because uh, I know a lot of people that, you know, struggled their other parts of their life because they were just too invested in the Golden Tee. So that's a. Uh, just an old guy that's been around here doing this long enough and seeing some of these guys. And that's, Hey, somebody that young could listen to me. And, you know, we might save somebody who knows. Yeah. Um, Batman Hoosier who won the tournament. That's crazy. So not necessarily the whole tournament, but I, I do want to give a shout out to, um, to a group of three guys. I'll say that, uh, that had a very amazing Saturday. All right. <laughs> First off, I got Stephen Puff Daddy Kramer, who we've talked about many times in this cast. He's one of my good friends in the game. Goes out and wins the free first three courses outright like that. Um, and two better, one, one better, two better at five better yeah. total. And his and his one one honestly pretty easy shot on Monte eighteen away from being the number one qualifier for the whole thing. Um, 
he admitted himself, you know, man, I really smoked that shot. <laughs> he got it way over the green, I think. Uh, but yeah, congrats to Puff. That's really amazing. Um, second one, Saturday guy, MJ, right? Uh, tighten up, top qualifier. Didn't have the Sunday he wanted, but hey, you know, you, you got to walk before you can run a little bit here. And uh, top qualifier using those dang cheater balls and dang double win balls uh, uh, got it done. Uh, so congrats to MJ. And then the last one is a guy that I, you know, I wanted to bring him up. I had kind of started a list of people who made their first cut. That list is two people. One of them is Damian Sullivan, who's been starting to play a bit more. And the other one is a guy named Mike Went. And uh, I went back and looked. Mike Went, this is his second tournament ever. He played his first tournament in St. Louis in 2015 and almost made the cut there too, honestly, but comes in there today or Saturday and is the eighth qualifier. And then which basic, I'm going to call, I mean, it's been six years, seven years since you played, played your last tournament. This is your first tournament. <laughs> I mean, so uh, I, I don't know Mike. Personally, I've never met Mike, but I, I saw that jump out there. Yeah, he went 0 2 on Sunday. Didn't have the day he wanted probably, but uh, all three of those guys, really great Saturdays. Uh, congrats to all of them. Brian, do you know Mike Went? You know, it's a good question. We, we talked briefly. Um, his memory was better than mine. Uh, we crossed paths at a tournament in Des Moines several years ago so oh, did he play one a, of those yeah so he this okay. might be a second pgt tournament yeah but he there was a des moines tournament back when i was a part of camden and so we're going back probably well that's that know, was like the first year or two alive though yeah yeah we're talking i remember, 15, I remember those but um but yeah he's, he's from nebraska and uh and, and wasn't it i think somebody said or it might have been on the, the stream yesterday that um, watching Brandon Robinson go on that run of worlds kind of gave him the motivation to find a way to come to the Wisconsin tournament. So it's, it's, uh, and then here he comes, comes in and, and he was one of the guys I was going to mention. Um, yeah. He, he actually qualified next to me and he was, he played great golden tee. He, I'm looking at his qualifier right now. He went, you know, 29, 30, 25, 29, 28, you know, for a, a 141 total. I mean, that's, that's very impressive. That's really good. Just a couple of qualify, uh, qualifier notes because I want to mention Big Billy Chadwell and, um, you know, him having just getting in on the cut line because I've got a, um, a couple of guys on the losing side that was flirting with that cut line and I got to mention their qualifier because it was, uh, and we'll get to that point. Um, Dave Orsala um, making a cut here and, you know, this is not a tournament name you're going to see a lot of. No, he seems to be pretty much Sussex only. Yeah, is, is that what it is? Six or seven of them. Oh, okay. Uh, and then uh, Jason Wickstrom's continuing to play well in uh, tournaments and make cuts, get into nine twelve conversation. We're going to wake up one day and see him in the uh, the 3-4 uh, area one day. I got to believe it. Oh, I, I agree, absolutely. And if I have yeah, to give He's one... got an interesting style. I, I, I never met the guy, and we played our uh, second match against each other, and uh, – um, he shot one better on me in tropical, <laughs> you know, I mean, we both laid up on hole 11. I mean, he hold out one and, and played clean and it's like, all righty then, you know, nice, nice round. Not and much keep, you could do with that one. It keeps awkward clubs. And I like, he's one of the guys that has a different, like there's no same club uh, set of clubs for every course. There's every course has at least one or two different clubs in them. One, he has a one wood. Does anybody? anybody yes. I saw that. Yeah. Never touched it. Yeah, one wood. Uh, Actually, I, didn't even know, I didn't even know it was in the build-a-bag until somebody had it in their club set. And so I was like, what the hell is that? 
Oh yeah. Back where I'm from, we call that a driver. <laughs> uh, eight hybrids, things like that. You know, just the clubs that you don't um, typically see. Um, any more winners there, Matt? Uh, I'll give a quick shout out to Jeff Smith. Um, go ahead and showing up for a tournament, winning himself the pink bracket with a cyclone hat on, by the way. So I had to shout it out. Oh. And um, uh, one that I kind of have on both the wins and the losses side, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep the win half here and we'll mention the rest later. But uh, two crazy Calcutta bids, right? The field bid taking that pink bracket. Good math by Aaron Ketchum there. 14 in the field, 16 in the pink. That's pretty good odds. Uh, so that <laughs> took down some cash. And then obviously uh, to go back to Bryce, bought himself for 10 bucks, right? How many times do you go through there? You want your stuff for 10? No, I've not, no, I've never played no one field. No field me. No, he put it up. He put 10 bucks up and yeah, it worked. <laughs> Trust your game. Uh, that's absolutely right. And uh, how much you think you got? What? 500 bucks for purple maybe. And then. Oh, for the, for the win. Yeah. It's like six and a half or oh, yeah, yeah, probably. Not something like that I, he's counting out the money on the stream if you guys saw that part of he's trying to count the money out so make sure page had it right and i'm yeah i'm guessing it was six or six fifty something in that ballpark in there based on how many times he repeated counting the 20s you know <laughs> yeah bernsey more winners yeah um i guess i'm gonna take this opportunity to give credit where credit is due um this I mean, person uh he uh hadn't been playing good in tournaments for couple years now having a hard time making cuts uh you know when he found himself in the purple bracket he you know got to the finals or or one of it seems but uh oh, oh kirk stemper no no not not well, that guy i know um, what talking about uh go, going through the you know winning your first match losing the second running into guys like mark gomez former world champion evan gossett current world champion paul luna um Finishing fifth, sixth. I've never, I've never I'm, heard of anybody fluff themselves this well. You're doing a great job. I, I'm going to give myself the win. <laughs> I was going to do it next if you weren't going to. I was actually going to give you props first. Go ahead, man. Have your time. Uh, appreciate. It. No, I, no, but it's uh, it's one of those things to where I, I said in our last podcast, it's now or never. Um, I qualified okay on Saturday. Um, I, I didn't play well in Monty. Found myself twentieth. You know, which is. I want to do top 12, but whatever, but knowing that I am a good match player, um, I've also struggled with my qualifiers and I, I wanted to sleep in my own bed Friday night, uh, kind of got to the point where I need to get to on, on Sunday. I'll be honest, a couple, got a couple breaks on Sunday, you know, for those that weren't watching the stream, you know, uh, down, down one to Luna on 18 to Anse. Um, he hits a, hits a leaf. On his tee shot, I eagle, he bogeys, I win by two. Um, uh, you know, I was up two on Evan, ended up going to sudden death. He missed a chip, you know, on like the ninth or tenth hole, you know. So the the golden tee gods were rooting for me that day. And so, uh, so yeah, I just, it's a, it's a feel, it's a good feeling, you know, and that I can still, I was hoping for that top four finish, you know, the way that the day went didn't happen, but uh, to get in the top six was uh, uh, a little monkey off the back, I guess you could say. Now, do you think, uh, like you said, you left pretty early there Saturday morning. Did you feel going in that qualifier like you were better prepared since you basically been up for, what, six hours at that point? You were kind of fresh as opposed to being at the tournament and uh, experiencing all there is to experience on, on Friday night and maybe not getting the best sleep ever? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, not and that I'm fun. encouraging anybody to do that. Go play Friday night at the tournaments. I'm just kind of curious because I've never done that. If that was uh, that, I take that back. I've done it once uh, in Evansville, but uh, yeah, yeah, just yeah curious. And, and and I know that when we have these tournaments and when when Steve is is selling the idea to the venue and to the owner, which luckily he doesn't really have to do that anymore since we've got a lot of people that are just on board for the future. But every every person in attendance has a dollar value. That dollar value is based off of an average of two or three nights stay, you know, at, at the venue. So I know I do screw that up. I try to make up for it on Saturday, but, um, <laughs> but, 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 but yeah, that it, it's a good point, Matt, you know, just sleeping in my own bed driving. And I showed up at 11 o'clock. I was able to play a few rounds. Um, and I, I did feel pretty fresh going in, now going into Sunday, um, four and a half, five hours of sleep. I woke up when the sun came up, you know, I was up at seven 30. I was ready to, ready to go, you know, for an hour and a half. And, uh, a little sleepy on Sunday, but uh, you know, I had a captain and diet to take the edge off and the smooth sailing from there. It's a pro move right there. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine you get the employee discount from Steve on that one too, you know, 60% or 40% off. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to mention uh, before we get off the winners and uh, Matt, we were pretty much on this before the podcast, but Justin Wilson um, uh, visiting the podium for his, the first time in his uh very, very short golden tee career. I don't, I'd have to count how many tournaments he's been to now, but it seems like every in the past year he's in the cut and he's taught, we're talking about him a little bit. So, um, had, a, I would say, uh, you know, I, I, I took a screenshot of that quadrant of the bracket and, uh, sent it to you mm-hmm. guys. And I'm like, good Lord. Like, I mean, somebody's going to finish five, six, at least that we just don't normally see. And we end up seeing right. a couple of those, uh, get by so um looks like 11 tournaments for justin right now yeah Ju- justin uh, solid player good player and uh had a had a fantastic run so good on you justin hey, one more person i want to mention i think we, we need to give some credit to this person is cj because we were on this pod last week and i think we all, all agreed that he's going to win a tournament at some point this year, but he needs to get a second place finish. I, th- I think I, I might've been the one that said that, like he's he going to, he's going to end up in the finals. He's going to end up losing and he is going to learn so much from that experience. Um, how about for this weekend to be that weekend where he gets that second place finish. Um, he had an opportunity to double dip Clint um, track ball issue or not, you know, he, he knows he can get that far. Now all he has to do is just kind of seal the deal and, and would not be surprised if he went to one sometime by the end of this year. Um, yeah, what I said, I needed to see more. He definitely showed me more. I mean, and that was one of the things I took from when I saw Steve post what he posted was, it was you know, when the whole issue with the track ball and there was something there came about, no complaining, no tirade, nothing. He knows his time's coming. And uh, and he'll keep playing until he gets there. And he'll, uh, I imagine, will be one of the few that attends all six tournaments this year. He said he's playing. We we played some warm up games on Sunday, and he said that he's planning on being at every single one. Sounds like it. Um, Let's everybody got their winners. All right, time to let's go to who lost this tournament. And I've got a few. Yeah. Um, This is gonna be a tough one, I think. It's going to be a tough one. Mm-hmm. To, Go ahead. To say some of these. Always is. I, I'll, uh, I'll start us off in the uh, 
you know, we're me and Matt, all three of us were just jumping on this at the podcast because we were really excited from what we saw at Worlds. We know he's a capable player. We know he's a really good player. And go bagel in two after uh, after qualifying. Lemon, right? Seventh. Did he qualify seventh? Was that the number? Yeah. Yep. Um. Just inc- spectacularly underperforming. Uh, underperforming for him. I mean, it was just that you expect so much more um, from somebody that you know puts the time and. Uh, effort into this game and uh yeah three and two i mean i'm sorry oh and two uh just uh yeah just definitely not what he wanted and he would tell you that i i didn't see how he played as far as the how his rounds went i don't know how he lost if he lost in just uh really disgusting fashion or did he make mistakes but just either no, way so well, like, uh, 27 26 to damian sullivan so i'm not sure which course that was but yeah now that could be a mistake or two and then uh uh, yeah, Luna, you, right? draw, you draw Luna in your first loser's bracket match. You don't see that one coming very often. Yeah, uh, you you thought they would be winning. They'd be winning their first yeah, match they, to they, play they each other. The top side. Yeah, you could see that uh, for sure. So, uh, yeah, Lemon is uh, did not win this tournament. Go ahead, Brian Bernhardt. Yeah, I'm going to kind of keep it in, you know, in the same group, you know, the group one players, you know, obviously we were all on the uh, Jeff Lannon bandwagon, you know, for our fancy golf picks. I, he did win a course, um, you know, with uh, um, I think Monte, I believe, you know, but uh, a, a good friend of Jeff's, uh, you know, someone that qualified, you know, right around the same place he did, a, a former player of the year, um, it, Andy Fox, uh, the fourth qualifier, you know, he, he shot had three thirty unders, two twenty seven unders in the qualifier was for a one forty four. Um, he goes zero and two. Um, you know, it's it was just amazing to, to just to be there and to look at the bracket. And you know, we're watching college basketball all weekend long. That's one of the nice things about this tournament too. If you're a college basketball fan, you're you're at a bar, you can watch games all day long. But we all know what the madness has been like this year with those brackets. The, the top guy is falling, uh, you know, so many, you know, the number one seeds that are dropping, number two seeds, just all the upsets. And then you look at the golden team main bracket and you've got the number one seed, the number three seed, the number four seed, the number seven seed, like all dropping. You know? yeah. it, I'll, play just, money, I'll play money games by them over by themselves by one thirty. Yeah. yeah. And that's like $8,000 in Calcutta money. That's just down the drain in one hour, you know, and it's just, uh, just insane. Um, but that's why we play the game and that's why you don't go by paper, you know, uh, any given Sunday, anybody's got a chance to win a, a match in video golf. And, uh, it just was not Andy Fox's day. Yeah. The, the top one I had on my list, I'm going to pile on because I feel like I have to, um, the top one I missed, I was, was really all of group one and I get it CJ, right. He got second. That was a really great showing, but group one as a, as a five, some there went 10 and 10 in match play, wow. 10 and 10 and nine of those wins were by Luna and CJ. And like you said, Brian, one, one, four, a uh, one, three, four, and seven amongst the four of them had one win. That's yeah, just insane. That's insanity. That's uh, and and in this field, being a more spread out field, you know, um, a lot of the top players, you know, no mouth, no haas, 
um, you know, I, a few more I can't think of off the top of my head that, you know, weren't there, you know, they probably all had aspirations of having great finishes, you know, and they knew they'd run into each other eventually. They just forgot to think about getting through the first two matches. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I mean, I didn't tune in early enough in the stream to see how some of those like went, kind of like you, you know. But it's just you don't. That's not you don't. You don't see that coming, right? We're, we talk about fantasy. The second we go fantasy group A, you talk about who's going to win the tournament, not who's going to go zero and two or uh, qualify terribly. That's just not even a thought that enters your brain with that group. So, um, with a field like this, especially like you said, Burns, it's that that group lost the tournament. And that's another one we can chalk up a little bit to the, you know, guys that are waiting for ready for some new courses, you know, the really good players, <laughs> they are so ready for some new courses. They can oh, yeah. be more chomping at the bit. Uh, I'll pile it on here with another one of their friends, uh, which is uh, my boy chopper. Um, and um, I, I honestly, uh, at this point, it's kind of hard to really, it's been a little over three years now since, you know, he's won. Um, it's, I used to, when, I, when, when Evan was really first getting going in his golden tee, I used to kind of knock on him a little bit just because I thought he took himself a little too seriously. Um, was made more apparent in the old underdog days, but I just maybe, maybe thought he took himself a little too seriously, um, even though I could see the real talent there. And um, my sense from him is he's always wanted to prove that he was one of the best. Um, and uh, right now it's just right now it's hard for him to put it together and uh, don't know uh, what happens now. I mean, like I said, I guess you just keep going to tournaments and it's going to work out. I mean, I, we know he's good enough. Yeah, it almost, I mean, it almost feels like a, a three-point shooter, right? That you're kind of a 40% shooter. You're pretty darn good. They all go through cold spells, and you can kind of shoot your way out of it. And I think that's what he's trying to do right now is shoot his way out of it. But, man, I mean, you don't you don't go into any tournament. I don't care what, the location, the field, any of that. You don't see Evan Gossett versus Adam Fitzgerald in the first round and say Adam Fitzgerald's going to win that match. This is no disrespect to Adam Fitzgerald. I think he would tell us the same exact thing. Of course. Um, you just, you don't see that. Right. And it was, it was two strokes. It wasn't, uh, uh, I don't no, know. I, I, I do believe Evan, they were tied or Evan was up one going into 18 Amante and he watered 18 Amante twice in that match. But the, the one thing I wanted to add about kind of thing, the one thing I want to add about Evan is, you know, I had an opportunity to play him in match play and, um, I don't know if he listens to this podcast or not. I know he's going to agree with me hundred percent on this, or I think at least he would. The confidence isn't there. Just the, the, the way that he is standing in front of the machine and hitting his shots. It's not the same Evan Gossett from three, four years ago. He just, um, it's almost like he's not having fun, honestly, just, uh, um, so I don't know if it's, you know, he's been banging for 13, 14 years now. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if he's, you know, uh, running out of gas on on the on the banging train or whatever you want to call it, but uh, but well, yeah, I just I, let me. I, I was just watching, watching his face and the way that he was he was moving around and just he just just didn't have it. And and I think that it, it's been going on for a while now, as we all know. Let me let me throw this out there, and this is I have this is no evidence whatsoever. Me talking to anybody, this is complete speculation on my part. His um his his daughters are getting you know school age now uh ages where they can go do activities things like that i know he's you know he's kind of heavily involved in that kind of stuff 
do you think that he's starting to mentally drift that way? I mean, it happened to a lot of people that get get into the family life a little bit. You, you've been there, Bernsey. You know what we're talking about. Uh, to where yeah. start all of a sudden, you know, you, you start out the, the, the banger lifestyle, if you will, uh, single and free and able to do kind of whatever you want. And now your, your, your mind isn't necessarily there all the time because it shouldn't be right. He's got other, other priorities. Uh, do you think maybe that's, that's playing something? I don't know. I'm again, well, complete speculation. Uh, part. And I didn't mean to use speculation in a pun way, but you know, there we are. And, and I'm going to get just a little personal here because I feel that we can, cause we're all friends here, you know? And I, I think that probably has something to do with it. Um, I, I also, um, we all know that he made a really, really good decision to, to stop drinking. Right. I mean, he needed to do that, you know, for, for the, um, for the health of himself and his family. And it's right around that time a few years ago when things started changing a little bit now, that might not have anything to do with it or it may, or, um, you know, he, he lost his father recently, you know, things like that, you know, uh, maybe that kind of sucked a little bit of the motivation out of it. You know, there's a lot of things, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, his kids being more of a priority or a uh, lifestyle change or losing the father, I mean, or a combination of all three, you know, I just, that's a lot, that's yeah, a lot of and, stuff in a person's life. Yeah, well, it, it really is. And, 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 but, Evan knows this champions adjust, you know, he will find a way to come back and he will end up being one of the greatest goalie players of all time. If he isn't already, he just needs to find a way to, you know, and maybe when PGA comes out and new courses and he'll find his niche again, you know, um, all he needs to do is just find himself in, in a good part of the bracket, win some matches, get back in that zone. And uh, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he won't be in Florida, I don't think, but, but maybe back on his home turf in St. Louis, we'll we'll see him back in the finals. I would not be surprised at all, because uh, uh, you know, obviously with the the way the schedule's working out right now, you got new courses coming in St. Louis time. I would I think that is going to be a very interesting tournament uh, as far as the match play brackets go and the qualifiers go. Because I think, uh, like you said, you know, everybody's kind of ready to turn the page on these fine courses, but uh, they're still uh, new. Before we do it, we got one more one more to go before we can. Really do that. I was just going to go with the take of I don't know the power kids getting a little getting a little lonely now. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're, you know, all some people getting out of there. The motivation to you know, you know, really play up is uh, you know you ain't got your boys there. You ain't got the Sean Gervais, Paul Luna pushing you. You just got JoJo over in the corner banging out dailies. <laughs> yeah, and that's a good point though, Gino, too, because I, I do think that that Ed and Luna really fed off of each other pretty good. You know, just. Uh, um, Luna actually started going on his run uh, <laughs> shortly after leaving. He, he started he started going forward, and, and Evan started going backwards. So, who knows? So is this uh, a call for Gervais twenty twenty two then? Yeah, are you going that far with it? Oh, we couldn't could handle a Sean Gervais no, championship. Uh, yeah, we just couldn't. No. Do it. We couldn't handle that. I did not say that. <laughs> no, <laughs> it would be it would be great. It would be a very glee filled. Uh, It'd be very uh, very very realistic. Lots of reality there. <laughs> yeah. Um, who was up? I mean, who went last? I guess it was uh, me. Piled on chopper there for a second, but uh, go ahead, Bernhardt. What you got? We lost the tournament. Oh, it was... Yeah, it's you, buddy. Um, I. I hate to do this um, because he's 
one of my Titan buddies. And he had an awesome Saturday. Uh, uh, he was partying hard. Like, like, it was almost like he accomplished what he needed to accomplish for the weekend by being the top qualifier. I think he celebrated a little bit too much because when you are the number one qualifier and then you end up going over two on Sunday, uh, Mike Johnston, you lost the tournament. I will admit, Bernsey, I saw, you know, I congratulated MJ right when uh, I saw the results pop up, right? Gave me all day, tighten up, yeah, yeah. He was, and he was already, you could kind of already tell he was pretty pumped about that. Uh, and then I saw the video of the karaoke come out <laughs> and I had the exact thought about that. I was like, oh, oh, Mikey might've took it too far for Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then his first round, yeah, I don't know what happened necessarily, but he shot a 20 under that first round. Um Tough to tough to play good golden tea with shaky dehydrated hands. Yeah, he didn't, sure didn't he didn't change it up. <laughs> you know, no, he just, no, he's yeah. used to I mean, that's his tournament mojo, right? They those indie guys go hard uh, yeah, the whole time. They go full sprint, but yeah, it, it doesn't matter what night of the week it is. We're not gonna do that. This was this was probably the time. Um I completely agree. Yeah, I actually uh texted mike i I said yeah well probably some of the most lovely news i could have heard was him being top qualifier that was awesome and uh then yeah i saw the karaoke video i'm like yep some things just don't change uh (laughs) and only does he lose as the one to 32 and has to take that loss with him home as the 32 seed goes home with him billy i think they live you know not too far away from each other um (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a tough loss. So yeah, I completely agree. Mike Johnson did kind of lose his tournament. Matt Van Hoosewa. Uh I, I gosh, I like you said, Bernsey, this is gonna be tough because there's a lot of these things I just don't want to say or ask. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna ask him because we have to. Did Will Stansted lose this tournament? Yes. Yeah. But Will Stansted was he was gonna make the cut. Let me pull this up for the leaderboard here real quick. He was 33, right? Uh, he was, uh, I was watching, I tuned, I was able to tune in a qualifier right towards the end there. And I caught his group's game on Monte, the second half of it. So I caught, it was he, Eric Nelson and Jason Oshabo by caught him at say hole 12 or 13. Will and, and Eric Nelson were way behind Jason four strokes or something like that. And I was thinking what on earth could have possibly happened on Monte in the front 12 holes to put them four back on Jason without him shooting a four better couldn't come up with anything like that and then they all proceeded to just basically take a dump all over the machine uh will shot 24 i think eric shot 23 jason shot 25 jason luckily had built himself enough a pad to make the cut at 31 but the other two eric and will 33 and 34 so that already not a great saturday will to his credit didn't do what eric didn't go on to on sunday uh he you know he fought through that that purple bracket and here's why i say that i didn't really want to bring it up because uh, as you mentioned before, Bernsey, he was the consummate uh, opponent for Bryce to have. He was welcoming, uh, encouraging, uh, everything you would, everything we want our community to be. He was that. But at the same point, if you're Will Sandstead, you don't miss this cut, and if you get to the finals and you, you win that first it. match by seven, you don't lose the the finals. You just don't. Um, for his, so for his, unfortunately, I think Will Sinstead lost the tournament, even though he is an awesome dude. And congratulations to him for how he treated well, Bryce Settle. And and you gave a really great disclaimer there because you, you were get you basically 
my my next part was exactly almost all of you what you said about because I actually watched the entirety or I, I'm sorry whenever they switched over to the, those three playing I watched every all of it go down in the blaze of glory and it was tough to watch first off for Will the uh, I think uh, the the 11th hole maybe of Monte uh, the par five that drops you sometimes go for the island or the fairway um somehow he had gotten wet and they put him in the fairway uh on the left side with a fairway shot when it is back he takes 10 and a half with a small cut to it and cooks it and it goes into the water uh, on the on the right side they proceed him to give that same drop they put him back they put him back he hit a 10 and a half driver from that fairway and then he cooked it into the water they put him back there he lays back on the forewood and try and he's got the wind at his back. Remember, severe downhill drop, under hits it, hits the hill, bounces in the water. By that point, Will gets dropped again back at that spot. And then he takes a three wood out, gets onto the green. And for a hole that you're supposed to eagle, he takes triple bogey. <laughs> and uh, that wrote, read it right there. Wrote, now, Eric was already struggling through the match. And then Jason, who I was going to text that morning, because remember, first off, we couldn't see the scores of this qualifier because of the Tim Glenn situation. All right, Tim Glenn had gotten there, had some delays, and the tour being as great as they are, they accommodated him. And so how this works, everybody has to finish their round before they can post this to the website. So I don't know how aware they were of how close they were to the cut line. From one being 31, 33, and 34, all of it, their cut was lost on Monte Zabayos. Uh, Jason Loschiavo gets to 18, and you, uh, Brian, you saw 18. 18 was a pretty easy setup, right? For yeah. uh, a stout player, if you will. It and, was easy for Titans, too, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you and, say, Brian? It was that straight wind. Yeah. Anytime you get that straight wind, you're kind of like, okay, good. We're on even footing again. Yeah. Right, right. And uh, he ends up uh, giving himself, I think, like a 25-foot right four putt that he completely misses. All right. And it, it takes a deep – Plus, going on the water. Yeah. Did the deep grass chip uh, from the deep uh, – had a deep grass and went two, two inches in front of him. Ends up taking par for that 25 uh, under – just I, for all the everything that was great about car on Monte 18. Yeah, and for everything that was great about Jason, I really wanted him to touch on that because he was he was living it. And I was like, oh, dude, what was going on there? What was, you know, because that, that had to be nerve wracking. And like I said, for it to come as close as it did, I don't know if they knew at the time how close it was. Um, but the 31, 33, all three of them about lost the tournament. But yeah, as far as I was going to go with both Eric and Will, but. Um, and for everything, yeah, like you said, as, as great as that Bryce match was and as great as Will was during it, um, yeah, Will knows good and well he doesn't play purple brackets. He made his first – he missed his first ever cut on tour in December, ever. Um, so um, – and he would tell you that. So, yeah, Will Sandstead. Mm-hmm. I was actually right there. I was right there when uh, Jason found out that he made the cut. And we all know that Jackie is one of the best huggers in Golden Tee. 
<laughs> and you should have seen the hug that they had. He was, I mean, it, uh, the, the relief that he had of making that, that cut. And on the other side of things, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Will left the room shortly after and he was gone for the night. Like it was, uh, he was, was not very happy, obviously. And uh, it, it's tough, you know, I mean, I've, I've been there. Expectations are always to make the main bracket. And then you, you start thinking about all those shots, one, one less water ball and you're in the main bracket, you know, and so yeah, that's, that is tough for Will. Those uh, any more guys that have lost the tournament? I, I was going to mention one guy, um, but I'm, I'm going to put an asterisk by it because I had a conversation with them. So um, this is a guy that I was really high on as far as playing well. Um, he'd been playing a lot of golden tee the last couple of weeks. I picked him in, in the whatever group he was in and fancy golf. Um, and then he, he goes on and, and qualifies um, in the mid seventies. I believe it was 76 for uh, Sean Tickner. Um, he should have been in the main bracket as far as I'm concerned. He's a better player than that. However, um, I do feel he lost the tournament, but there uh, is an asterisk by it because after talking to him on Sunday, him and Paul Luna didn't sleep much Friday night because they had no um, air in their hotel room. And oh, so it was, yeah. uh, oh. it was, uh, he said that they got, I don't know if they got any sleep at all. If you don't um, know Sean, so, if you don't know Sean Tickner, if you don't have air while he's sleeping, he's not, he, that, that, he's nobody. He can't do it. Yeah. He carries a box fan everywhere he goes. Well, he, he, they bought a box fan for Saturday night. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, they, they didn't have the air conditioning work on Saturday night, or I think they got new rooms, but because of the weather, it wasn't, but, but yeah, so um, it, uh, they had a really, so, you know, kudos for, I mean, so for, for people seeing Luna qualifying 10th, wondering how that happened, I'm, I'm sure. So, I mean, yeah, they had a great time Friday night. You know, it's one thing to get, to have a good time and get drunk and all that, but they rely on a certain amount of sleep when you don't get that certain amount of sleep. It could really screw things up for that Saturday. So, yeah. just want to mention that, Maddie. I got to back that up just a little bit uh, in a related topic. Uh, I mentioned the Calcutta bids in the wind section. There's also a lot of Calcutta things that probably went terribly, terribly wrong for people here uh, this weekend, and I wanted to call it a couple of them uh, individually. I'm guessing to pile on with you, Bernsey, that Sean Tickner lost a healthy chunk of change betting on Paul Paul Luna to win this tournament. It did not make any Calcutta money at all. Uh, we had some some messages between the two of us. Brian's smiling because he earned his uh, his beer bet from our previous podcast. Brandon Robinson went for five hundred dollars, no countdown <laughs> money. Congrats to you, dude. Uh, I still feel like I should get some of that back for predicting Paul into tenth in the qualifier, but hey, you know we didn't bet on that yeah. part, so I get it. <laughs> ben Russell for two eighty. Who did that? So um, it was Ben and Muse were going back and forth. <laughs> ben- oh, <laughs> One? Yeah, so, right, he kept on, he so he kept on bidding himself. Yeah, he kept on bidding himself up and up, and then and Muse is like, "Well, I knew he was going to take half of himself, so I kept on going higher." So yeah, that was all a joke. <laughs> oh my! So I got those three, and the last one I got was also somebody I had on the winners column. Was it was Jeff Smith? Didn't buy himself for ten bucks. Won the pink bracket, oh. sacrificing the four hundred in XX dollars that he could have had there. Put ten on yourself, people. You're good. That's it's a beer and a half at these things half the time, or two beers. Come on now. I need to add one more to that list. Unfortunately, for uh, that the bad Calcutta buys, and that would be Al Jazz for bidding uh, Lemon up to two K. That uh, oh, Al Jazz got him for two. 
Oh, that's 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 a tough that, one that right would, there. That would sting. That would definitely sting. So I mean, well, how many blind bids were there? Two or I think three. There were three actually. So Lemon was not one of the blinds. So Luna Fox Evan, probably something of that nature. Maybe even a yep, wing. I believe so. Maybe yeah, probably Luna Fox Evan. That'd be my guess. Uh, let me go on my Gary Durkey tirade here. Um, and, and for a guy that lost his tournament, because would you say this one hits close to home? Yeah, uh, yeah, quite close. So. After we had our last podcast, like I'm, I wasn't, I wasn't sold. I'm like, Gary's got to come see me, and we came up here, and he didn't drink. We just we worked on his game. We 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 played a few rounds, twenty six on Baja, like a twenty four on hidden. I handicapped it as like you know, if you walk away and shoot a one fifteen. You should be more than happy. Average 23 around, I think you're okay. Depending on what they course, give or take, you know, with this set of five, 120 could have been easily achievable. His two previous qualifiers were 87 and 86. So I'm like, yeah, you can beat that. And he goes, well, I'm at least breaking of 100. <laughs> no, he's not. Words. Yeah. A 99 with an 11 under on Forrest Knoll. Uh, and then he, I mean, he, with a monster twenty six. I mean, he beat the entire group we were talking about before twenty six oh, yeah. on Monday. Mm-hmm. Finish it off and almost make it to one hundred. <laughs> there's, uh, there's a reverse bell curve on that uh, qualifier twenty four nineteen eleven nineteen twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beer belly curve right there. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, then uh, when he gets to the pink bracket, he shoots a rousing twelve under to knock out or to beat Stefan. In his first round, you know, Stefan's working. Stefan's not thinking about his tournament. He's supporting what he wants no. to support. Has a good round against Papa Craig Day. And then uh, before he gets beat by uh, Steve Kalashevsky. Um, underperforming for him. He wanted me to mention to him as well that he did lose this tournament. And he knows it. But uh, thank you for everything that you do for us, Gary. Still pumping in money. He's got money going towards the ladies tournament as well. Um, but yeah, Gary underperformed. He lost this tournament. Hey, a bright side though. 80, you said 86 and 87 for his previous two. Mm-hmm. He improved by like 10, 12% here. Yeah. Yeah. There's bright side, uh, it's going up everything, I guess. <laughs> it, it's funny. Well, I, I chuckled, you know, just because that message you sent Brian and I, uh, what was that Friday, Friday day? Friday uh, you night? knew I picked him in fantasy too. I, well, you you backed that. He said, "Man, Gary came up here and he's shooting pretty. I feel pretty good about this pick I just made. It was like, yeah. dude, that was a KOD, buddy. Um, abs- absolutely. Although I, I don't, we'll see how much it hurts me because honestly, the, I don't, I don't know if Group Eight performed all that well at all in general, did it? Uh, no, I think. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I mean, Kels is well, Nighthouse, Nighthouse at least made it, but he was 0 2, I think. Nye and he's, I think the rest of them were pink, if I'm looking right. Ed Gop, is he down well, there? No, no I, I know uh, Austin, I know Austin Day made it. Austin Day made it. Ed Gott looks like he made it, assuming he was at the tournament. Mike, Mike uh, Muse made it. They talk about into silver or into the purple. Not purple, yeah. yeah. Ed Gott did not make it to the tournament, so that doesn't count. Oh, okay. 
at least he's not showing up on the leaderboard. Yeah, isn't that um, that dude? Uh, what's his name? Heisenberg. You have Hunchy oh, and Heisenberg. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, I think you're right. And then you'll see. So yeah, Austin Day made it. Craig didn't. Ed wasn't there. Gary missed. Elsner missed. I just saw his name on there. Hey, yeah, by the way, since, 100. Since, then, you uh, up, since you brought up Matt Elsner, I want to mention real quick. Uh, we got partnered in doubles. And, oh, wait. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. <laughs> good dude. He does have some decent game. Like, I'm surprised that he had a, an 86 in the qualifier there. Uh, but, but yeah, he really uh, – we and for those uh, that are wondering how I approach the doubles, I told him, I'm like, hey, um, I'm playing your balls. You're not playing mine. So I, I did play two rounds of stouts um, w- with Matt. I mean – uh, we kind of gave it away on, on Cumberland in our match, but he he is actually a really good goal and two player. I um, he plays a lot with with, with uh, Josh and Dell out there in Minnesota, and um, I I see him uh, starting to progress uh, pretty quickly actually, as long as he starts going to some more tournaments. Um, well, the support like he gets on this podcast, I see no reason why he wouldn't. <laughs> I hope he does. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I lost it. I, I should have mentioned it in that story I was told on the last podcast, but, uh, you know, when I sit there and I said on that stream in Missouri, at least you didn't pick Matt Elsner. The two of them were at a top golf down the road listening to the stream and they heard me say that. <laughs> and they put it in the comment box and said, uh, Matt Elsner apologizes for his poor play. Little did you know what you started at that point, did you? Yeah, you know? little did I know. That St. Louis tournament between that and the how. What do we got, Tony? Man, you really you filled oh. up the box on that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh geez. Got enough blooper reels on me these days. <laughs> um, just going through, we we pretty much already went through all of Group One, and we we've kind of talked uh, about all those two guys in Group Two. Um, I guess Brewer being the best performer out of this, and uh, we're walking into Florida, where I think Brewer might be the, one of the favorites to win that tournament. Just to be honest with you, I, I don't know what kind of Brewer we're looking the best at. Performer in group two? Hmm? Did you just say Brewer is the best performer in group two? I mean, there's that other guy right below him. Oh yeah. Oh no, Chad Brewer. Oh, st- staff. I'm sorry, because I expected <laughs> him to be in group one. That's my problem. Uh, that's fair. Um. But anyways, yeah. Okay, so Grover was number one, but yeah, Brewer. I still wanted to mention because it, it was. You know, another five six, consistent, consistent Brewer, and I think he walks into Florida being depends on what the field shapes out to be is uh, could be a contender. We'll see what happens. Um, group three, who we say Justin Wilson. Uh, I think Puff because of those three wins. I think that puts him right at a zero because he was 9-12 with three wins, puts him at a zero. I used to call him Feast or Famine Puff. It was 22 or 32. There was no in-between. <laughs> he, just, he just picked five of the good version, right? <laughs> Goodness. Um, all right, so if you pick – I mean, how many, how many picks do you think Puff got there out of that group? I mean uh, – oof, Yeah, probably not as many as you would – I don't know. Not as many as hope they did. If they're listening to this podcast, they probably all jumped on Justin Wilson like me and Matt did, but – no, um, I would say probably less than, I'll say less than ten percent. Yeah. Did, uh, did you see Tim Glenn there, Brian? Yeah, I, I did. Um, I actually I got a uh, um, um, phone call from from Steve wondering if I would would qualify with him uh, later on, and he's like, you could just you could say no, you know. I'm like, you know, and then kind of how I 
prepared for the weekend and whatnot, you know, but uh, they were trying to figure out someone to qualify with them. But yeah, I, I got a chance to talk with him on the stream for about two minutes. He looked good. I mean, but I mean, I know we've already done the winners and losers, but this guy coming from Canada um, has all the flight issues that he has and he strolls on in without any practice and qualifies 16th. <laughs> I mean, pretty, good. Pr- 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 pretty darn good, but yeah, he's, uh, I don't know how his Sunday went, but uh, on, on Saturday he played all right and he looked good. I think he was just happy to finally be there. It's like it was a, it's like a one and two Sunday for him. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember, this is come back to Golden Tee. So I'm, I'm curious if he'll be in Florida. Um, typically, he's Orlando's been a good place to him historically. Um, so we'll see uh, if he makes his <laughs> way down there. Um, group four, and just not to go through all the names, um, but I guess what Ben Furlan would be the best. Furlan was oops, stop scrolling. Yeah, Furlan actually won a match, I think. He was one and two. He knocked Andy Fox out. Kavanaugh was 13, 16, so that's he right. Won. And there's a by the way, uh, Matt Kavanaugh getting him a nice cut made, finishing 13, 16, just you know tighten he, up. Used to be used to be a wheelhouse finish. <laughs> tighten up. Well uh <laughs> Used to be a good wheelhouse finish there for Matt Cavanaugh was 13, 16. Not, you know, he had a good, good several years where that was just kind of where he was. Had a fourth place, one, one podium in there, right? Yeah, he had a fourth place finish in Chicago one year that, you know, it was, it was prime Matt K. But uh, now Matt K's, uh, well, yeah, like I said, it, it, could, it could be a broad range of anything that happens with him. It, it's, you know, 0 and 2 in the what? pink bracket. Could happen. Yeah, he's, he's maybe your new feaster famine guy, huh? Yeah, that's kind of who that is these days. Um, and then my guy Kalashevsky, you know, 30, I think he was 36 qualifier or something like that, you know. Um, boy, one day, but, you know, not, not too shabby though. I mean, he's getting closer. Uh, I mean, maybe that'll help, you know, but he made the cut last year in Sussex, right? That I remember watching his match against Luna, he made yeah. a couple cuts mm-hmm. last year, but I mean, he, I don't know if he won any uh main bracket matches at all last year and then. Like I said, he's flirting with cut lines now. He's a good player. I mean, a yeah. home edition monster, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Group five. Um, tell me who Frank Aguiar is. Juan Adeblo is his nickname. He's out of, I believe, Washington State or somewhere in the West Coast. Oh, really? Yeah, he was there last year. Okay. Cool. I, I wasn't. That was a name I wasn't familiar with. I, I think he. I don't know if he made. He was close to making the cut, maybe, but. Uh, he was thirty anyway. seconds. Yeah. Um, how did Zeke do? I didn't. Yeah. How did how did Zeke do? Zach Graham, that is. Uh, not well. No. no. Well. Didn't miss the cut by much, though. Did he? No, but he didn't have himself much. It was uh, thirty-nine for him. I'll only two strokes off, but you know, thirty-nine. Oh, no. it, it's it was the sixteen under he shot on Forest. Oh yes, yeah, right. Twenty-eight, twenty-eight, sixteen, twenty-eight, thirty. Yeah. Oh, oh, that sounds like my qualifier in Austin a couple of years ago. Man, alive! Goodness. And then, yeah, not a great Sunday for him. I don't think either. He probably had a lot of fun though. Um, yeah, he looked like he was having a good time. I think. I think uh, we're. I think Jason's the one that won this one. 
If I'm just like I said, some of that gives me confidence. Like, I mean, I, the, the Chris Brewer pick I'm good with, but I know a lot of people may have went with Chet Grover. Justin Wilson helps me. Um, Mertzig, yeah. Mertzig our, is our DeVries had a run up then through the purple bracket a little bit, so it wasn't terrible. Yeah. I, I got to mention Josh here real quick. And me and Josh yeah, are good friends. For, he's running there too, yeah. The, me and Josh have been good friends for 20 some odd years now. And, and he made Mertzig. a point. Uh, uh, Josh and I have been good friends for 20 some odd years now. And he made a point several times to let me know that I should have picked him in that group. <laughs> so <laughs> so sh- sh- shout out to you, Josh. Uh, you keep on defeating all the odds. And, and you know what? We, he told me what happened for the world championships, why he was unable to make it. And his, the travel situation for him is just unreal. All the, all the cancellations. I mean, it's almost like someone was trying to tell him just don't go to Vegas. So um, it sucks for him that, you know, he qualified for it and it just, things didn't go his way for that, that weekend. Sad. Um, group six, I believe the winner was Adam Fitzgerald. Either he or Warsala, right? Warsala was 0-2 and Fitzgerald uh, won some matches, so it's got to be – no, made Damian Sullivan probably. I think he was 13-16. How, how about me calling out the Damian Sullivan pick right there? Okay, that wasn't bad. I was happy with that. I knew he could play well. Don't, I'm sorry. Adam, it was 9-12. I'm sorry. Adam did. It, Adam was higher. Yeah, that's what I thought. But, I mean, Damian right. made the cut, and I, like I said, I, I felt good about that one. I don't know. He might have something. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Russ making a run through the purple bracket a little bit. I think he had some wins as well in the purple bracket, from what I saw. Mm-hmm. Just classic Russ. He, he, he was the first one to beat Will, actually. Oh. <laughs> a classic, classic Russell Layton. Um, it's okay. He's only played this course like twenty times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just just played the new te- this new mix up tees at least oh, once before he got there. Total. Oh. Uh, group seven, big Benji Russell, uh, Roski, Kanda, Adams, Wakeler, Ken. Uh, Chris Lowe was the was was that the right pick there? That was that was my pick. That was my uh, pick too. I, it might have been the right one. They were all they were all purple, I think, and I think Randy probably won the most matches, but it wasn't like I was making hay over anybody else there. And so that were that's where you get your money back there, Bernsey, unless you submitted somebody else. I did. I went with the other Mike. <laughs> Uh, uh, that's right. You went with the Mike Kenny. Yeah, so I, I went with Mike Etley instead because I, I did the coin flip thing, you know, and, yeah. and I found out a couple of days later that, or the next day, right. I think he announced he couldn't be there. So yeah, I figured, right. I'm like, if I was gonna, I, I said I was gonna pick a Mike, so I went with the other one. And then, uh, what did they put Ed Gott in place of uh, Painter Jim? Right, that looked like what happened. Yeah, because Painter Jim bumped up. Okay, so. Uh, Austin and Craig Day, Gary Durkee, once again, don't listen to me when, when, when I have contact with these people. I can't let things influence me. <laughs> um, and then Elsner, Mike Muse, which, by the way, I mean, I think Mike Muse is just as good as picking Austin Day. Okay, I, I could have picked Mike Muse and could have went that route. Uh, you, were adamant that you weren't going to do that, though. Yeah. And uh, Steve Kalashevsky and uh, Whenever I meet you, Wesley, I'll promise you, you'll tell me your last name. I'll never get it wrong ever again. <laughs> just takes that once. Yeah, just once. Just once. They only had to say Los Chiavo once to me, and I had it right. And I, we've created a movement now. Now the Lashivo. Lashivo. Um, he doesn't even say it the same way twice. So I just don't believe him. <laughs> yeah, it's 
Well, he said he, he changed it to Jackie's husband just because he wanted, you know, everybody knows Jackie. So, you know, <laughs> I think well, I made the joke. He he also, I got to grab this joke on him too, but he, uh, I made the joke that uh, somebody was coming to sub in. He'll go, he said, Jason's coming over to sub in. And then, you know, Los Giavo sits down with the headset on. And I typed, I said, all right. He said, Jason was coming in. I thought he meant Stark, not Los Giavo. Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> he, uh, so uh, there was a moment in the stream last night where uh, Jason, after uh, Bryce had won uh, the purple bracket, and I guess CJ walks by the booth and he looks over. He goes, "Hey, uh, go tell the future of Golden Tea that uh, he did a great job." Absolute <laughs> <laughs> uh, burial, right there. Yeah, that's what he said. He got buried. Um, Jason was on point on the stream last night. That's for sure. Good for it. Yeah, it yeah. was great, man. Uh, I, I feel I bad. Make... I feel bad because right when I tuned in uh, was where, to when those guys were announcing was when they were talking about cheater balls and double wind and yeah. and all this other nonsense. So <laughs> me and Rick and both. I said this this group isn't even half as good as MJ and Matty K would be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they got by the time they saw it, they had uh, they had you know done all the other uh announcing they'd done and done a really good job so i kind of felt bad after that but only half as bad as i should have uh was just a great looked like a fantastic tournament i i pledge next year that i i will play my first uh my first uh what do we call this milwaukee open is that or no the wisconsin, wisconsin. open That's yeah the wisconsin yeah, open. and you know aside from tim glenn's travel issues which is it's awesome that power events team you know work with him or they work with anybody actually if, if you have the a reason that you're going to be late or whatever they'll work with you the qualifier would have been done between five and six o'clock like it just it went really really smoothly yeah, um, I was you know so to tune into it when i did coming back from my son's birthday party on saturday i'm like okay i'll get to watch a round or two at least and i saw the last seven holes of one round and that was it they were done I was like, Whoa. yeah you know, a, a little, a little quieter on on Saturday night than I expected. You know, not not a, as much machine play. You know, but um, just an, just another great tournament ran by the Power Events Golden Tee team. You know, and, and the one thing I wanted to mention too is that um, we're getting to the point, or at least I am getting to the point of my Golden Tee career where I'm starting to cross paths with some people, and you just don't know if you're going to see them again. It's getting kind of sad to be honest with you. You know, I was talking to Spicer. And on Saturday, Chuck Spizer, Chuck Wagon been playing the game for two decades. And he's like, I don't know if I'm going to go to any more of these Guernsey, you know, and it's just like, and, and that's the nice thing about, you know, they tried Chicago, Chicago didn't work, you know, but Milwaukee is close enough for Sussex, you know, for that matter is close enough for the Chicago land players or Chicago players to make a road trip for a weekend and come up and, and make an appearance. And, and speaking of appearances, uh dave gibson gibby <laughs> making I, an yeah, appearance right. yeah like, in, you know i mean it's like holy cow <laughs> you, you know but uh i, I gave gave chuck a, a nice hug you know and it's just i, I hope uh, i can i, I, hope, can I hope i see him down the road can i interrupt i'm sorry you said gibby was there yeah yep. you, know, you know he's come and visited here a couple times like in the last year I really? heard that he's been traveling a lot for work, so it doesn't surprise me now. Yeah, but. yeah, he, he's in the next county over. He comes down every once in a while. I gotta, I gotta get up with him. That's awesome to hear. I'm sorry, keep going. I didn't mean. To yeah, no, you're, you're, you're good. But yeah, it's uh, John Jansa there. You know, we talked about him doing pretty good in purple. You know, but these are guys that just don't have an opportunity to. They've been playing the game for a long time and just don't have the passion for it anymore. But you can, you can tell Chuck Wagon is. 
pretty much ready to hang it up. You know, he's, uh, he's been doing this for a long time. He's got bigger fish to fry. And um, so, so yeah, I really do, you know, one of those people that, you know, I'll be in Sussex next year. I really hope that Chuck Wagon keeps on going to these tournaments that are close to home for him. Oh no. First off, Chuck's not hanging it up before he has a clash. All right. I've marked my <laughs> words. He will not hang it up until he has a clash. And then I, and, and, and then I will give him permission to retire. But you know, at, at that point, you know, he needs to have one clash. Uh, I, 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 I completely see that sentiment. You know, Chuck's been around for a while. Um, I don't know what life's like for him now. Um, mm -hmm. and, and another guy uh, I need to mention, Brian Holt, another Chicagoland guy. He, he made the appearance, you know, but then, you know, on the flip side of, of, of the people that are kind of slowly on their way out from the game, you got great people like Todd Clark and Kyle Heasley finding ways to bring people into the game. And I got a chance to meet JP Jones. He was there with his wife. Uh, he was the one that um, Todd took care of or, or helped take care of to get to this tournament. Um, I'm not sure who Kyle, who Kyle was able to help out, you know, but it's great that we have people in the community that are, uh, you know, paying it forward, helping, helping grow the game. You know, it's, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep on playing as long as I can. I just can't wait to see, you know, what the game has in store with, with all these new people coming in. It's, we got some uh, great players only these tournaments for years to come. Um, well said. And, uh, you know, I've, been curious especially with this whole Bryce thing like they were mentioning on the stream like how how the youth of the world is going to consume golden tea now I mean we we all got our start in you know bars and um or like me I like I said I was working at a pizza restaurant and that's how it got started like what what how, how does the youth now these days how are they going to consume this game and uh, I'm curious that what that's going to be like this could be the beginning of a huge thing, Gino. I mean, as far as it, there were th 200, 300 people watching that stream, you know, yesterday and seeing a 15 year old, a, a kid, which is the future that, you know, IT, you know, they've got a five or a 10 year plan, whatever it is with, with this PGA tour. Um, they need high schoolers right now to find the game and to play the game because that's the future of it. Um, it'd be interesting to see, you know, how, how the marketing is going forward from here. I, I really hope they, they have a, a chance to run with this and, and let the kids know, like, Hey, look at this. You can be 15 years old and, and be a champion playing a video golf game. Um, I don't know. Can you, I, I'm, I'm curious. Cause like I said, I have Bryce on the podcast is coming up uh, this coming up this week and i'm gonna you know be curious like i mean how do you advertise this to your friends like i mean I, i'm sure it's i mean they would probably think it's cool right i mean you think so i mean well do they or, or are they like oh but it's not madden or it's not this like, no, i think video game i think for any 15 year old is to say hey guys guess what i did last weekend i won a thousand bucks playing a video game <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, that, yeah it could be it could be among us or whatever <laughs> dumb game <laughs> guys will play i can play roblox for like here and they bet you, you do what <laughs> i would bet 90 percent of them had never even heard of golden tea like the, oh, the tells them. yeah um but you they know. might need to they'll have to build the 21 and under room for the the high school kids to play video golf over at the latte lounge i'm waiting for it to become a high school sport 
that's where you know <laughs> uh, esport it needs to be an esport is what it does um you know there's colleges out there actually a local college by me carl sandberg college in galesburg i spoke with the guy a couple years ago that was running it and there's scholarships available for esports for the for some of these schools and it's um golden tea is not considered an esport even though they claim to be the original esport you know so um that's got to be that's like speculative though right i mean what's that you can claim until somebody else beats you right i mean what what identifies as an esport that's what i i'm I'm guessing i mean what what classifies that definition that's what i want to know yeah it's a good question i mean does it have to be on on a gaming console or can it be on a an online game in a bar i mean it's a good question i mean i mean esports for me and i'm not much of a gamer aside from golden tea is uh, it's console gaming. Yeah. It's an interesting thought. Fellas, I appreciate tonight. And uh, we got Florida coming up here. Now, we're all clear. You both are out on Florida, right? Correct. I actually, for, for shits and giggles, I checked flights today just to see if I could find something on a Saturday morning, um, come back yep. Monday morning. For the classic it's- Golden Tea players, Monday after a, a Golden Tea tournament <laughs> move, I, uh, you know, I, I, I can make it, right? I can make Let's just see I, if it's like 90 bucks, I'll do it, right? Yeah, yeah. and it's 600 <laughs> Never to Orlando, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's about between five and $600 right now uh, oh. round trips. So Orlando is definitely up. However, I did find some good times for Nashville, and so I'm already going to be uh, looking into that. So right. I can only miss one day of work. So, but yeah, but to answer your question, Florida is definitely out for me. So our special guest is already lined up for the next podcast. Uh, we'll be subbing in for one of you, whatever we decide. Um, I, I imagine it might be Van Hoosier because I want him fresh for his uh, home tournament in St. Louis, and he'll be back on for that podcast, which I know he's not missing. That is correct. This Missouri Open. <laughs> Fellas, appreciate the time tonight. We'll talk soon. That was good. See Thanks, you, you know. All right. Thanks to Matt and Brian for coming on and talking some Wisconsin Open with me. If you uh, were listening somewhere late in that podcast, you heard that uh, the three of us uh, collectively will not be in attendance for the Florida Open. And I really thought it would be, it's important that if I have somebody on this podcast, when we do these previews and recaps that, you know, one of them are in attendance. Uh, so Gary Sheldon, uh, Kirsta, Ashley, Gunnar Grayson, the Sheldon family, the ever popular Gary Sheldon, he'll be on with us and he'll, uh, do a preview. He'll, uh, make some picks and, uh, help us recap it afterwards. So we'll be happy to have him on there. So, uh, also good podcast coming up. I think I got Jim Zelensky here in a few weeks. I hope I, I still have to email with him, but uh, I believe he's going to be on here soon and, uh, a couple more ideas in the pipeline. So iHeartRadio always my preferred listening platform. If you listen to me anywhere, please listen to me at the world's largest network of podcasts. If you don't listen to me there, that's cool. You can listen to me, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, pocket Cast, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, share it with a friend, subscribe, do all the good rating stuff, the social media metrics that matter. They matter to me, too. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you later. With a sp- Look at that speck. Look at that speck. Clint, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, Clint? There's a speck right there. There's the, the, 